Want to hear more? Follow us on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at Sluts Scholars, or check out slutsandscholars.com. This episode is sponsored by Maud, a company that offers a less gendered and updated sexual experience. They are inclusive, unisex, and care a lot about the quality of their products, which range from condoms to vibrators and organic lube. Maud is offering 15% off of their products to you listeners. Go to getmod.com. G-E-T-M-A-U-D-E dot com and enter the promo code S&S, that's S-A-N-D-S, as in sluts and scholars, to get a discount on these amazing products. Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars, where we talk smart and fuck smarter. I'm Nicoletta. I'm Simone. And this week we're joined by Brandon Montero, who we first met as Everlasting Jerkface on Instagram. Uh, Basically, he's a fan of ours and reached out to tell us how much he loved us um, and gave us some background on himself. And we found him so interesting that we decided to ask him to be a guest on the show. Um, Plus, he's really hot. Um, (laughs) But basically... He was raised as a Jehovah's Witness, and then all of this, like, sexual stuff ensued. So let's just, like, get right into it. Like, who are you? Hi. Hi, welcome. How are you doing? Um, I'm Brandon. I am 39 years old. Um, who am I? That summary was pretty good, actually. <laughs> okay, cool. That's um, it. Episode done. I, okay, I want to know, wanna, you know, so, like, what was the doctrine surrounding sex as you were growing up as it yeah, uh, so, relates to being a Jehovah's Witness? Um, and Jehovah's Witness me, is the have you heard the good news stuff, right? Yes. Okay. Specifically, Wait, I would love news. to, before yeah. you even answer the, the doctrines around sex, like, can you just tell us a little bit about Jehovah's Witness? That's a good point. Because I, I feel like I don't know. Oh, I, I've seen the Book of Mormon, so I know everything. Oh, that's the different thing. <laughs> that's different, right? Yeah, that's Mormon. They're Mormons. <laughs> yeah, it is different. <laughs> Not <Yeah>. Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> so Jehovah's Witnesses' um, beliefs are that um, God and Jesus are separate people. Um, versus like a Trinity belief um, that God's name is Jehovah and that uh, that fact is backed up by, um, you know, the oldest Bible manuscripts that are available um, and that his son's name is Jesus. Uh-huh. Um, and so it's still a Christian based religion. Um, you're still uh, following the teachings of, of Christ while he was on earth or, you know, what, what he um, preached or taught his disciples as recorded in the Bible. Um, so it's still, it's still Christian based. Um, but it, it centers on the fact that, you know, that God himself is uh, Jehovah specifically. Um, they do believe that it's the only true religion. Um, so other religions, even other Christian religions fall under the umbrella of false religion. Um, so it's, you know, it's exclusive in that way. Is it more than being um, wrong, but it's actually bad? Other yes, religions? So okay. that kind of, I mean, that almost ties into the, the upbringing part. Um, everyone else is bad association. So if you're not a witness, you're bad association. Um, oh, so like in Scientology, it's like you shouldn't, you shouldn't hang out with other people who aren't witnesses. Yeah. So as you're growing up, you know, obviously that kind of, um, excludes you from extracurricular activities, sports, clubs, holidays, um, and then right? Even no holidays. In, in, yeah, holidays. 
Um, and then even in your adult life, you, you're not really encouraged to mingle with people at work or anything like that. You just kind of keep it within the, the witness religion. Wow. What's with the holiday thing? Like, why no celebration of holidays? Because they're not God holidays, right? So yeah. their, their doctrine is that um, those holidays are not biblical. They're not based on the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't find, um, you know, an Easter celebration or different celebrations specifically in the Bible. Right. Um, and so, so it's like a, they mock, also, a mockery. Yeah, more, yes, more or less. Um, and then they also like to look into like what the origins of different holidays are. Um, so Christmas is a really big one that people kind of think, oh, well, they don't celebrate Christmas, so they must not believe in Jesus. Um, oh, they just know that it's pagan. Yeah, they have the whole, you know, the Saturnalia thing uh, figured out and, you know, Constantine using uh, the cross as his symbol when uh, the pagans and the, you know, the Christians were brought together, you know, kind of housed under one roof. And so anything that's not 100 um, percent Bible based, they they're won't say they're against, but it's just not a part of their doctrine. Interesting. Um, so what were your parents believe- like growing up? Like, were you born um, into this faith? Yeah, so I was born. I was born into the faith, um, and my both of my parents were. Um, my dad came from like a really long line of um, of Jehovah's Witnesses, and like his like his great grandfather, for instance, um, took part in setting up some of their uh, printery and publication facilities in Mexico. Wow. Um, and then on my mom's side, they were kind of like an in and out of the the faith family, just, you know, a little bit more like hanging around the church, but not necessarily super strong. Um, but my mom was um, was more, you know, into the religion. And that was kind of the, the basis of their, their relationship when they got together. So what was the doctrine specifically around sexy time? Like, yeah, how, so, how was sex talked about in your household or not talked about? Not talked about. I mean, that's the, that's the short story. I, I didn't have, um, so I, I grew up and I would say that I was, um, relatively like, you know, sexually aware as a kid. Um, I probably got into masturbation around the same time that everybody else did. Um, what time was that you know, for you? It, what, gosh, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, depend on my memory too, too greatly for this one, but maybe somewhere around nine, probably. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can remember how it happened. I want to hear the <laughs> story. Yes, tell us if you're, well, if you're willing. Um, yeah, there's, there's two things. There's one that I remember really specifically, um, profoundly, let me say that instead, um, I used to sleep with no clothes even when I was really little. Yes, um, preach. Love it. I remember I remember the friction of the sheets um passing over the head of my penis and just thinking, that's really interesting. That's so interesting. <laughs> you probably um, didn't think interesting. You probably thought that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it just tickled to start, but not the normal kind of tickle that I was used to. Yeah, yeah. like a good um, tickle. Something else. Um, so I think that I probably tested that out until a little bit of, uh, 
you know, uh, friction burn ensued. Um, I also remember, um, yeah, you gotta be careful with that. (laughs) I remember, um, once I realized that this thing, you know, did really interesting stuff. Um, I remember your penis or the sheets? Yeah, my penis doing really interesting stuff. I remember like, well, let me try different sensations on it. And I was in the shower one time Mm. and I was like, let me try pouring, uh, shampoo on it because shampoo is so smooth and silky. (laughs) I love that you were so creative. um, Then I was, and then I was like, well, the shampoo is silky. Now my hand is silky and this is also silky and, you know, masturbation. So you used your hand. In the end. Yeah. Were you told before that that you were not supposed to touch your penis? Or you just hadn't heard anything? Yeah, I probably really hadn't heard anything at that time. Um, so in like in the, they're called kingdom halls, the, the Jehovah's Witness churches. Um, kingdom halls? You would, mm-hmm. yep, that's their, that's their terminology. Um, I'm sure just to differentiate themselves more than anything. From churches. Um yeah, all of the the kids sit in the same, um, you know, lectures as the adults do. So there's not like a kids like a kid group service. where you go off and, yeah, and you, you know, read from a kid's book or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's just in the same room. So you're like learning next to your parents. You're, um, you know, they'll usually, as they're giving uh, some kind of a discourse, they'll speak for a little bit and then you'll look up a scripture that backs it up and then they'll talk for a little bit more. You look up a scripture. So, um, although I may have heard something about that, I was probably too young to even understand what it meant. Uh-huh. Um, so it hadn't really like, you know, settled in, in my thinking at that time. Um, what do, what did the sermons look like? Like you said, maybe they would talk about one part of the Bible and then you would look it up and maybe read it and study it. Like, I'm guessing there weren't really like songs or things like that, like no singing or was there? Um, no, <laughs> they have singing. If, if you have uh, been to different church services, mm-hmm. I feel like the, their singing is a little bit more uh, jovial, but the singing at a witness church is really um, kind of hymnal almost. Okay. Uh, they, you know, they have like a piano playing from a, you know, a CD player over their speakers and hmm. they probably are past CDs at this point. Um, or not. <laughs> what or do they, do, not, what do they use in the Bible? <laughs> CDs. <laughs> <laughs> I believe Jesus used CDs. Sloppy discs. Tape, tapes. Um, Audio cassettes. So, so you, so this is something that you do every Sunday? You go to church? No, it's a lot, in fact. So, oh. um it's broken up into, and everyone's, I, I imagine most people are familiar with the Watchtower. Um, but it's on the Sundays, newsletter that they give out, they'll oh, okay. give a, yeah, it's their little, their little magazine. Um, on Sundays, you hear a 45 minute public talk that will be on all kinds of different um, things like uh, choosing your association or, you know, the value that's put on education versus. Um, you know, dedicating your life to God or different things. There's so many different topics, Um, adultery uh, all over the place, really. Mm -hmm. And then they'll study the watchtower, an article out of the watchtower um, for another hour after that. So that's on Sunday. And then somewhere midweek, they have the, uh, it's called the Theocratic Ministry School. And they basically teach you how to preach. 
Oh well, shit! Because so like it's the, your job, right? You have to go, to go yeah. spread the like, word. You have to proselytize, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, the you know their their door to door. Wait, were you like activities. standing on street corners with newsletters? Did you do that thing? Totally. Yeah, a hundred percent. Can you and just cold called people at their doors? As if well. we were, if we were someone that you were cold calling, if you don't mind going back t- historically, <laughs> what would you say? To have us? you heard the good news? Um, so depending ring, on what ring, the, ring. <laughs> the current watchtower had in it, mm-hmm. we would try to bring up like a topic about it. So, you know, my name's Brandon, I'm here with, and we were talking to you and your neighbors about, um, you know, this blah, blah, blah topic. And we, and we would try to keep the topic, we wouldn't really address like the, the spiritual or biblical part of the topic, um, and then get their opinion on it and then say, uh, it's really, you know, almost regardless of what they said, it's really interesting that you said that. In fact, there's a scripture that says, and then we would like pull out a Bible and, you know, try to read. And, and usually uh, if they didn't already close the door because they recognized you from the get go, when the Bible comes out as another very common time to close the door mm. um, or let, you know, let them know that they're not interested. Um, yeah. So we would, you know, read the scripture to them. And, you know, have you thought about that or have you considered this and then get a little feedback? Well, what I'd like to do is um, leave this article with you free of charge. And if you don't mind, uh, maybe next week about the same time I can come back and see what you thought of it. Um, And then you they had along with their watchtowers, they have like different publications. Awake. They have little books. Oh, what are you saying? Uh, Well, yeah, the awake. The okay. Awake. The Awake is the other little magazine. It's like the, I don't, it's really funny. Like even at this point, um, or even when I was like totally a witness, I almost don't know. The Awake was like supplementary articles and it was never really promoted like the Watchtower was, but you know, that's like the namesake almost of, of witnesses. Wow. Um, How was it have, dealing with all that books. rejection? Yeah, like, I don't mean to be rude to you, but when I see Jehovah's Witnesses on the street, oh, yeah. I, like, give them dirty looks and laugh and run the other <laughs> way. Yeah, like, and, how did you deal with people yeah. well, I mean, being I don't give so them dirty negative? Looks. I, like, roll my eyes. I'm like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which I'm sorry about. I don't know. No, you just really do. No, not at all. I, well, I mean, you know, in real life, but, like, I, it doesn't it doesn't bother me. Like, I experienced probably so much of that that it almost had no effect. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, maybe it just gave me a tough skin. Cause you start it when you're a little kid. Oh yeah. Um, and because the, the preaching is so important, um, you have to, there's like an hourly requirement for preaching. Oh, wow. Um, so like as a little kid, and, and I think that some of these figures have changed at this point in time also. Um, but like, um, they have a, what's called a publisher. So that's somebody who preaches, but they're not baptized. And a publisher has to get 10 hours of um, door-to-door activity a month. Wow. Um, once you're once you're baptized, um, there are, uh, and you get baptized as an adult in that um, church, not as a baby. Is it the same baby. like water um, dunking stuff? Yeah. Got yep. it. Um, and then once you're you're baptized, oh, that's another good point. And we'll get to that. As a man, once you're baptized, um, you're eligible to hold different positions um, or to assist um, in different ways within the kingdom hall. So you might um, 
run the soundboard or, uh, you know, you'll hold microphones when they're studying the watchtower and people are giving answers. Um, I um, did their, they like, they receive contributions and those contributions go to go their right worldwide pocket. headquarters. So I did like, yeah. So now, no, uh, I can, I can certainly say as the person who did their um, accounting, uh, it goes to their worldwide headquarters and the worldwide headquarters, uh, you know, says that they're using those funds for um, printing. Yeah, I'm sure. Services. Simone has a lot of negative feelings yeah. towards Jehovah's Witnesses. I just, I get so annoyed. I get, I, it's like, I've, I've had like so many, I hate religions on the street. I just, it just annoys me. Like, yeah. I, I almost feel it's like, the thing that it brings up in me is like similar to like when somebody cat calls me. It's like, no, I am walking on the street because I'm going somewhere. <laughs> I just hate that. I like hate when people are like, here's my religion. You want to try it? It just pisses me off. Yeah. The only way it made sense to me one time, because well, I'm I'm Jewish because my mom's Jewish, but we also grew up going to church, um, like a non-denominational Christian church. And um, I went to a camp one time, uh, like a weekend purity retreat about waiting till <laughs> about waiting till marriage. No fucking way! Yes, Your parents said you want this? No, I wanted to go. Honestly, I wanted to go because I thought there were hot boys in the teens group. How old were you? This was ninth grade. So I went on the purity retreat. Um, I had done other things, but not penis and vagina sex. And so I went on the purity retreat. And honestly, they had me. They definitely had me. It was. A, I really enjoy the church. I'll still they go had with my, you about like being... I mean, clearly the way, they lost you somewhere. Yes, it, it took like two weeks for it to be lost. But, <laughs> for the undoing. Yes, for the undoing. But while I was there, the only thing that made sense to me to have a little more, I don't want to say empathy for people on the streets because I agree with you in a lot of ways, but they phrased it in such a way that was like, imagine if you had been dying and you just found like the magical cure to cancer and you were so just like awestruck and moved with how this saved your life and changed your life. Um, how could you not want to share that with other people? And so I get that some people don't share their religions in the most loving way when they're yelling at you like God hates fags or terrible things like that. And it made me understand a little more like if you really so strongly feel that this is something that like saved your life and wanting to share this magical cure with others. I get that. That was like the only thing that made me like, okay, I understand a little bit more, but you know, most of the events we go to, it's people like yelling about, you know, gay people and but sex workers. But also like a and- cure for cancer is science. <laughs> and I think you should share science publicly. I'm talking about like a cure for like, if you felt like something totally saved your life and you wanted to share it. But feeling like something saved your life yeah. is not the same thing as something literally saving your life. Maybe they and consider it the, as literal. But that's the difference. Uh, I don't know. I'm just telling you that was my experience. That, and- that was actually an impactful difference for me as I was growing up because they don't do um, any kind of public outreach. Um, so, like, if you're going to any, you know, any event now where, like, a church is donating to this or, you know, they're doing, a, like, a food kitchen or something like that, um, Jehovah's Witnesses, all of their, all of the money goes back. I mean, you said back into my pocket. But I mean, it, it just goes, it just recycles itself back into the church. Mm-hmm, so right. their only form of outreach is the, is the watchtower or is their study publications, you know, that you're, yeah. that are geared to draw more people into the church. So there's like, z- there's zero outreach. Um, and I remember that being impactful to me as I was growing up because I would see other groups, not even church groups doing things that I thought were completely 
you know, admirable or even Christ-like because, you know, in his examples in the Bible, he would just do things for the poor people, regardless of whether they were, you know, trying to join his, you know, his followers or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember like thinking like, it's really weird that we don't do that, like that we just completely stay away from it. So you kind of took issue Um, with some tenets of the faith um, early on. Uh, This is sluts and scholars. So I want to know about the sex stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so we started, we started with the, your first experiences with yourself, with the shampoo and the sheet. And it sounds like at the time, maybe you didn't realize there was anything shameful or bad about that. Mm -hmm. I wonder when you first realized that that was like not okay and felt more repressed. Yeah, or told that was not okay or felt repression around that. Yeah. Um, I also remember growing up that I was really kind of outgoing and like flirty so that if we went to the dentist's office, you know, I was always trying to wink at the dental assistant or, or things like that. Um, so I, I think I always um, appreciated women, whether it was, you know, I, maybe I was looking um, at them like as a motherly figure or something like that, or appreciating their warmth. Um, but I remember, let's see. I know, you know, the internet. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a great, that's a great point. The internet. Um, <laughs> so the internet was just kind of, just kind of picking up, um, as I was getting into junior high. Um, and so I started getting on like bulletin board sites, which was like a DOS version of a chat room. Okay. Um, and uh, I would talk to people from my school or like other people in the areas. And it's definitely something that I, you know, technically shouldn't have been doing, but it was just fascinating more or less to get to know other kinds of people, um, to see their qualities or how fun they were. Um, obviously there was like a lot of flirting that was going on there. Mm. Um, and you With know, people, people from would school share... that you knew in real life. Yes. Yeah. And, and people that I didn't. Okay. Um, and so you could also, um, share files with each other. So people would share, um, pornography and it would be like, when I say pornography, I mean, um, a picture that would take 15, maybe 20 minutes to load. (laughs) And you would just like watch it load line by line. And you would be like, you know, half a breast and like, oh my gosh, there's a nipple. And then, you know, seven minutes later, you know, there's a, she's got a little hair down there. Um, so, uh, I think much like any, you know, kid that's, um, beginning to become sexually aware, that stuff was fascinating. Uh, Yeah. I probably spent as much time hiding. Supposed to be like, like more than the average, like teenage boy feels like they have to hide their internet sexual encounters from their parents like did you feel all the more guilty or do you think you were pretty on par with with you know what we're like everyone else is like now I think I was exactly on par with what everyone else is like um at the time I just thought that I was doing something bad um and they do have like study publications that um you know parents will go over with their kids um that talk about uh, dating and, um, you know, being alone with the opposite sex, which is totally a no, no. You can't be alone. Um, So in those books, you know, it, it covered like masturbation 
um, or it would cover pornography as that was starting to become, you know, to become more prevalent. Um, so I knew from their, you know, from their doctrine standpoint that that was something that you didn't do. There wasn't. Oh, these were Jehovah's Witnesses publications. It, and, yes, there wasn't, you know, like a little leeway. It wasn't like try not to do this. It was uh, this is something that's bad. You're, you know, if you're allowing your um, body to become inflamed with passion, and um, it was basically just saying you don't have control over yourself, or you're not godly if you're. If you're allowing these, you know, emotions or sensations. And is the consequence of that you're not saved? Um, And I know I have a very not clear understanding of Jehovah's Witnesses, but isn't the belief that there's going to be like a rapture and then only a certain number of people may get to heaven and you got to make sure that you're one of them? Yeah, that's another another interesting one too. Um, So they believe that... um, after an Armageddon happens, um, that whoever is left on earth will only be um, righteous people, which to mm-hmm. witnesses means witnesses. Okay. Um, and um, that basically the you know righteous people will continue to live on the earth and turn it into a paradise. Um, that They'll just like roll back, roll back climate change, just like that. Um, yeah, basically. <laughs> Um, that process is supposed to take uh, a thousand years. And then after a thousand wow. years, they believe that um, all of the righteous people um, in the past or people that didn't have the opportunity to get to know or choose Jehovah um, would uh, get resurrected. And then they come back and they also live on that paradise earth. And now it's perfect. Um, you know, like the Garden of Eden was supposed to be like back on track to the original, you know, the plan, plan with Adam and Eve having babies. And, yeah. back, wow. to, back to square one. Um, yeah. And, and so were you like and, taught that if you masturbated, like you would not be one of the righteous and you would die in the Armageddon? Yeah, I would say basically. And, and when I say basically, I mean, it's not that any one sin would... Uh, you know, rule you out. It's that if you continued to like willfully be a sinful person, so you can make a mistake, huh. um, and um, you know you can come back from those mistakes. But if you are a person that just you know is always making the same mistake, then you're not repentant, and so um, you would. I mean, depending on the gravity of the mistake, you get kicked out of that church, basically. So when you did have your first sexual experience, was it before marriage or did you wait until marriage? Yeah, I waited until marriage. I was 21. Um, what do you reason about for the marriage? Yeah, I think what, one thing that yeah. I struggle with in not just Jehovah's Witnesses, I haven't had a, a lot of witness clients, but um, for at least people in any sort of Christian faith or Jewish faith, um, that when you're taught all of this shame beforehand, it can feel like such a difficult transition to be like, but now it's okay to have sex with your partner. Yeah. It, and it really is. And um, you know how I mentioned that you, you couldn't be alone with the opposite sex. Yeah. So um, if you become interested in somebody and that's, that's another, you know, kind of crazy thing, but if you become interested in somebody, mm-hmm. then, like romantically um, interested, you, yeah, romantically interested, then a, um, you should already be old enough to be ready for marriage or thinking seriously about marriage. 
Wow. Because why would you be getting involved with the opposite sex if you weren't going to marry them? Wow. Um, so you're, you know, just from the get go, you're, you're really being pushed in that direction pretty fast. Um, Do you feel like you rushed into I'm, marriage for oh, sex? Oh, 100 10,000%. For sex and or just that, in general? I think, um, but I'm going to say both yeah, <laughs> okay. for sure. Um, but, uh, you, you're supposed to have a chaperone with you at all times. So like, if you're going to go on a date or do something like that, um, you have a chaperone with you. So you're never really alone with wow. your prospective mate. So until not only does night? that mean that until your wedding night. Yeah. Um, so it's not only night. are you, you know, not really getting to get to know each other, um, because there's a third person there. So, you know, you're not going to talk about your deepest feelings or things like that. Like it's, it's just, you're, you have a really superficial, or at least, you know, in my experience, it just, it, it made it a really superficial experience. Or only a basic the, knowledge of um, each other. Well, what is the, yeah, it's kind of like being on the bachelor, quite frankly. Um, but what, it really is like being on the bachelor. <laughs> it was so much like that. <laughs> but what is the reason for this? Like, what is the underlying belief like, why yeah, do you chaperone? Like, what is, will happen if you kiss someone before you're married? Like, why is that a big deal? Yeah. Um, because they believe that it will lead to um, to sex outside of the marriage bond, and mm-hmm. they feel like sex outside of the marriage bond is a serious sin. Do they celebrate? Um, so like but where does it say that? That's on the, yeah. that's on the list of mm-hmm. things that you'll get kicked out of the religion for if you do. What's the word for getting kicked out? It's like um, a special word. It's um, yeah, dis disfellowship. Disfellowship. And you, you can come back from being disfellowship, but it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, it's their you know really strong way of saying, "You suck at this religion, beat it." Oh until man! You, you know, until you're ready to to, to do something else. I know some. Um, I guess it's more liberal Christian folks, but um, people who I know who are sex educators and Christian. Um, who do emphasize, at least even if you are waiting till marriage, they emphasize pleasure between partners and that like God or Jehovah or whoever like wanted two partners who are married together to also have pleasure together. Is that a part of Jehovah's Witness or no? Like, is it just purely for procreation and like pleasure isn't really, shouldn't be a part of it? Um, they don't have a, they don't have a problem with birth control. Hmm. Um, really? However, it, their doctrines are uh, anti-abortion because they view it, you know, as as taking a life. Um, so, like the morning after pill is is a no. But the morning but, after pill is not an abortion. Uh, you should tell them that the morning after pill so, just prevents implantation. So if many, it's already been implanted, it's not won't work. There are so many non-scientific, you know, issues there. I. I who knows where to start? That's that's kind of like the line, you know, as far as what their view is like, you know, sex, uh, not a problem. They have the um, the marriage due. And I don't know if that um, phrase is like, you know, nails on the chalkboard to you. But I've never um, heard of the marriage due. Is, it's 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 almost like, you know, the 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 wife owing her husband sex um, as her husband. Um, it's a very like patriarchy style uh religion in that um only men give discourses Mm -hmm. 
um, only men can hold position. Um, only men do like all of the like assistant kind of jobs. Um, and if, if a woman is on stage, um, you know, during the like learn how to preach uh, school uh, midweek, then she's talking to another woman. So she's, you know, like having a discussion, teaching another woman because she can't teach men directly. Um, wow. So it's, that's, it's very, yeah. So was the first time you kissed them like on your wedding? No. So um, we, we totally were able to sneak times where we were alone here and there. Um, and uh, we made out. Uh, there was light groping. I'm sure I touched a little bit of nipple. Um, <gasps> Whoa, I'm sure I, scandalous. Know, wandered, wandered below the, the panty line. Um, but it was scandalous. Like you totally felt um, ashamed. Like you felt like you were, you know, cheapening your relationship, like because you couldn't control yourselves. Yeah, and so I remember having like experiences like that just a, a couple times, mm-hmm. um, and enjoying them so much. Obviously, while I was there, and just, um, but then going home and feeling so bad about it, feeling like if anybody found out, it would be terrible. Um, and there were times where you know her and I talked about it later on the phone. And we were like, oh, we really need to, we really can't do this. We really need to be smarter. We need to but you make have- sure that somebody's around. And so we were, we would just like beat ourselves up over yeah. it really bad. Yeah. Oh. And I don't, I'm sure, well, I know that there are plenty of kids that didn't, um, didn't make it that far. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they did, if they were caught doing that, then they were either, you know, thrown out of the church if they were baptized already. Um, not thrown out, but they were disfellowshipped. Yeah. Um. Are you tired of seeing an outdated and gendered approach to the human sexual experience? Mod products aim to make sex better for all people. Built on inclusivity, simplicity, and quality, Mod is a modern and unisex essentials brand that encourages a happy and healthy sex life. Mod offers products such as their ultra-thin latex condoms, which are free of harmful chemicals, fragrances, and spermicide, Their Shine Organic Lubricant, made with moisturizing organic materials and pH balanced. And their Shine Silicone Lubricant. They also have an amazing silicone massager that can go anywhere and the charge lasts for one and a half hours. I've heard it's pretty strong for a pocket vibe. This awesome sponsor is offering 15% off to you listeners. Go to getmod.com, G-E-T-M-A-U-D-E.com, and enter the promo code S&S, that's S-A-N-D-S, as in Sluts and Scholars, to get a discount on these awesome products. You could get disfellowship for a makeup? Like, you would get, what was it called? Reproved. Um, so... They would go up on stage and they would say, so-and-so has been reproved. That means they did something bad um, and the elders talked to them in private. They're not going to share what that bad thing was, but all everybody in this kingdom hall, listen up. That guy's bad, uh, bad association for you right now. You know, he's not kicked out of the church. Wow, but so a lot of public, public shaming. You all need to know. Oh, very, yeah. Very and I'm guessing so. in, in smaller communities, just because maybe Jehovah's Witnesses are smaller, if you're from a small community that like everyone knew everyone's business and like who was bad association and. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't really from, I mean, I was born in Los Angeles. Um, so, oh, so it was a big community. I call it like a, yeah. Um, and then like I grew up in the San Fernando Valley. And oh, so, me too. But within Where? The, 
Oh, really? It's Simi Valley. <gasps> I'm from Chatsworth. We're in Studio City presently. Really? I didn't know there were a lot of Jehovah's <laughs> Witnesses in Simi Valley. Yeah, they're really, I mean, they're pretty much all over the place. Wow. Wow. Well, hey, neighbor, Valley boy. Yeah. Um. Hey, hey. So okay. I just have a question before we get to the wedding night, which I'm like so fucking excited about. Um, <laughs> You you went to a, a regular high school and you like had you knew people who yeah. were not Jehovah's Witnesses but you were just not allowed to interact with them, right? Um, that's true. And you kind of like you there were other Jehovah's Witness kids at the school, and so you would almost be on your best behavior for their behalf. So you would have friend. Obviously, anybody makes friends, you know, with who you have in school, um, who you have in your classes, but then come lunchtime or whatever, you kind of didn't want your witness friends to see you hanging around with, oh, and the term is worldly people. If you're not a witness, you're worldly. I'm really um, fucking so worldly. So I feel like it's so that. interesting because worldly sounds <laughs> like a so compliment. right now. Yeah. Like today, I'm the most worldly person I know. Wow. That's amazing. Um, but like but you, you weren't allowed to go to birthday parties, right? That's right. And you're not supposed to eat like if they brought in cupcakes or something like that. You're not even supposed to partake in that way. Totally oh my gosh. Yeah, birthdays fall under the no holidays. Did you thing. when did you start questioning That's correct. all that stuff? Wait, no, no, we can't go there yet. We gotta go to the wedding okay, night. Okay, okay, the wedding night. Okay. So you had okay. stolen so you, you had stolen the person. Person. Yeah, you what stole a few time, kisses. You, yeah, so what's the time frame? So you met the person, you had the kisses, and then you got married. Like how, how long? long? It was a it was a long distance relationship. I lived in um, Seattle at that time, and she was still back in California. Um, she was a friend of my sister's uh, in in her uh, kingdom hall. That's how I had met her. Um, and so that our whole like you know they call it courtship because like dating makes it sound like you guys are by yourself, but that whole uh, courtship period probably took about a year, maybe a year and a couple months. Okay. Um, and then, uh, the entire time, of course, the expectation is that you're going to marry this person. Right. Like, so, like otherwise you, you wouldn't be courting her. serious with anyone at all. Yeah. Why would you even be spending time with them if you're not going to marry this person? So I can't imagine um, why. That was, that, yeah. That just became the expectation. You knew what you were supposed to do. Um, and Hey, you finally met a girl. And so, you know, you want to do that. Um, so about a year and a half, um, and the, oh, and obviously you can't cohabitate because you're alone. So that part of getting to know each other or anything will all will all begin after you're already married. Mm-hmm. So you're um, marrying someone so who you've night, never heard fart. Think about that. That's correct. I yeah. still don't fart in front of partners. <laughs> that's what I can I help don't it. Know if I, you know, literally this morning I farted it. on my lover and he felt it. Yeah, he, he's it like made his pubic <laughs> hair like move. <laughs> Were you cuddling? <laughs> well, I was. was there, kind yeah, of, was there? We were cuddling, and I was like, "I'm gonna fart." He was like, "Go for it," and I did. And then he was like, "Oh my god, I felt that." <laughs> yeah. See, I I try to keep it as private as possible. It ruffled. There we go. It ruffled his pubic pu- hair. Yeah. No, I go fart like in the other room. Uh-huh. I'm gonna fart now. No. Oh God. I just did. Simone is always farting. <laughs> anyway, so you she's saying you have you don't know them that well. Like you said, it's kind of surface level. Yeah. You're not even living in the same place, but you're courting each other with chaperones, stealing a few secret kisses. Yeah. Um, then you decide to to get married and yeah, take us through it. Yes. Specifically the wedding night. Like how did you how did you connect? So, wait, so you knew you were gonna get married, and then how long from deciding to get married did you get married? And did you talk about the sex you were gonna have once you were married before you got married? Ooh. Yeah, so 
there I can't I can't really think of instances of anyone um, from you know my birth to getting married talking about sex like what it was like. Um, I remember I in fact I had asked my dad um, probably somewhere in my engagement period how long should this take like how long should sex take. Um, I had seen obviously like pornography by that time and you know pornography what did you think of what, when you saw clip it clip or anything um, that it was great that I was going to watch as much as I could um, Solid. and in fact like I unfortunately I I wanted to there was also a lot of like curiosity there like I wanted to learn things you know mm-hmm. yeah um, uh, and that I mean that some of the things that I learned, I remember all the way up until today. And, um, I mean, I guess we'll talk about that a little bit more later, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, my interest was like more than, than just sexual because like, it was so new to me. It's not, it's something that I never heard about. Um, I would look up information online, like, like actual reading about like, um, because I was concerned because all I ever did was masturbate. And so, you know, I would ejaculate relatively quickly because I'm a guy, it's, it's easy in that way. Um, and so I was concerned that I would have a problem ejaculating in that amount of time when I was married also. Hmm. Um, so I would read about, you know, how to delay it. And of course, at that time that, that, um, there was already so much like sensational bullshit, um, on the internet, like mm-hmm. pills or just, you know, uh, false information trying to like lead you down. By yeah. Anybody, yeah. And you had like no or, context you know, for any of like it. That. And I had no context, no one to talk about it with. Um, oh yeah. The, so the birds and the bees talk, the birds and the bees talk happened when I was like 16. Um, I was going, I was getting ready to go to school and I noticed that um, my, my female neighbor um, was in her room with the blinds open and she was in a bath towel. And um, I don't know if she was staying home sick or what. And I was like, holy crap. Um, and I hid behind the car and I watched her get dressed. You saw boobies? And it was great. Did you see boobies? I did. <gasps> they were really small. I mean, she was like my schoolmate, you know, aged neighbor. Got it. Um, and, yeah, but uh, it was regardless you know, it was amazing for me at the time. And uh, that <laughs> night I went home and I wrote something about it. Uh, I wrote, and I, I'm sure it was, you know, semi related to like, you know, pornography that I had seen or things that I have read, but I was, it was like stupid. It, I remember just um, saying like, it was hard to see and I was hard too. And like, I, I don't know what, that's the line that sticks Whoa, out to me, but whatever it was, I was like, it was hard to see and I was hard too. I, I like I it. I was recounting the experience. Um, for yourself? And for God? For, for myself. your diary? Yeah. No, just for myself because it was you did not want to forget something that. really cool that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I crumpled it up because I felt bad and I threw it in the trash and my dad found it. Um, so the first time I had the birds and, and the bees, bees talk, um, you know, I had already masturbated and watched porn and, you know, just seen my, my neighbor naked. Wow. Um, and, and the talk was just like, you know, the, you know, I noticed that it says, you know, talks about getting hard and like, that's a very like natural. And it was the, the very uncomfortable, he, he wasn't upset with me mm-hmm. for anything that I had seen. He wasn't, you know, he didn't bring, uh, 
you know, got it into it in like a shameful way. Um, but it was very uncomfortable. Yeah. And it was, it really contained no information other than that. It's natural to feel that way, but don't. Wow. How hard. Um, so, <laughs> hard. I didn't do that on purpose. I didn't do that on purpose. I promise. <laughs> wow. Okay. So you didn't, so you weren't really able to talk about this with anyone. So, okay. Yes, so you're right. finally yeah. married. Oh, so. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. So I'm in, somewhere in my engagement, I had asked my dad, how long does this take? Yeah. And he said, about 15 minutes. That's, that's a, that's one other, you know, small thing that I remember. Okay. Which if you define um, sex as so purely like, penis and vagina intercourse, that's pretty typical. Yeah. And I, I hope for his benefit that that's the part that he was defining. Uh, mm. But I really don't know. Um, yeah, I never heard my parents having sex. Um, I remember, you know, walking in on them being naked one time and just getting like, you know, shouted out of the room really quick. Um, and I don't think it like, didn't like scare me, but it just made me, you know, well, I don't want to go in there or, you know, they don't want me in there. I don't know. Just the, the whole, the whole, uh, vibe around that is don't ask, don't tell, don't know. Wow. Um, so wedding night, um, I had done, you know, research on my own. Uh, I want to say that maybe this is 2000. Um, I think something about Mary had already come out. And there's the part in there where he masturbates first so that he won't ejaculate so fast later. Yes. And I was like, I'm going to do that. That's a great idea. Um, so I did that. Uh, I do the take all night of my was... sex advice from Ben Stiller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the you know the the wedding night was so you like masturbated put together before... in a really in a really like respectful way. We got a really you know beautiful place. There was a fireplace. She got you know pretty lingerie. So like all of that, you know, I'm I'm doing this for the first time. I'm assigning. Um, you know, like honor Meaning. and value to this moment. Yeah. Like it was all there. Mm-hmm. Um, but neither of us really had any concept of what we were doing. Right. Um, but you not masturbated. that it's difficult to. Sorry, I just want to Yeah. So, you, so, so sometime, like the scene was yeah, set so and I think she was she like was, in her lingerie and you were like, yeah, hold scene, on a second. <laughs> and you went to the bathroom. <laughs> Pretty much. I think I, I went to the bathroom before cause she wanted to go and change into um into some lingerie and so i was like well let me use that really let, quick. let me just rub one and out so real quick. i did my thing yeah okay yeah because i was aware of the refractory period um oh yeah yeah so yeah, yeah okay. so i did that and then you know she got ready and um i would say it was totally um i'm sure and a, a giant letdown on her part because oh. you know regardless of my uh, attempts i probably lasted like Four minutes or something. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, um, four minutes but, is actually a long time for like someone's first first time. Yeah, and also like maybe like don't forget, penetration is not what makes most women come. Well, now now he knows that, right? So I guess yeah, now I know that. <laughs> did you do basically? I guess what I'm asking is like, did you do other stuff? Like she shows she like you're lying on the bed. She emerges <laughs> from the bathroom in her sexy lingerie. She comes over to yeah. you, you kiss, and you just stick your penis in her? Like, what, how, like, what'd you guys do? That's another great point. One thing that I uh, realized that I forgot to mention is um, 
there are a lot of activities that witnesses don't do. Forbidden, like oral um, sex and, and so, digital yeah. penetration. And I didn't yeah. exactly know what those were. Um, so I looked them up and you can like look up uh, past watchtowers, like all the way back to the beginning of time. They have like bound volumes that they're called. Um, and uh, I remember looking up oral sex and it said, you can't do it. That basically it's, you know, perverting the natural use of the body. And I was like, damn it. Uh, because so I was actually really exci- I was excited to do that. what else is the that. tongue and the clit for? Sorry, I got mad. It's a good question. No, lots um, of other things, like talking. So I remember reading that and just being like, well, that's out. You know, anal sex is obviously out. Um, so as far as foreplay, I mean, just, you know, touching, caressing, and kissing, um, which are wonderful things. Um, you know, massaging her and mm-hmm. like just exploring her body with my hands and appreciating her. Um, so all of those things were there. Um, but there, and I'm sure it was probably because it was the first time for me, there was probably definitely just like a rush towards penis and vagina penetration. And what was like my model at that time um, was porn mm-hmm. without a real reference to say, Hey, this is like, a, this is a just entertainment. You're looking at this. A, yeah. You're looking at a stupid version of how this really works. Like the, mm-hmm. you know, the for dummies version or something. Um, so or rather sure for acrobats and performers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so, so that was, that was it. I mean, it was really brief. Um, I know that it wasn't pleasurable for her. Um, she, How do you know uh, that? It just, um, I'm a really, like, even so, ever since I was little, I just pay attention to people's body language and their expressions. And um, I just, you, I could just tell yeah. that it was, mm-hmm. it was, I was under, it was underwhelming um, to what she, you know, I'm sure she had as many hopes as I did. So just for, for time's sake, I I would love to know, like, when in the relationship you kind of started to to drift away? Um, like, when did you yeah. decide maybe the the sex of the relationship wasn't fulfilling and that you started to question religion and started to feel weird about, yeah. about God and all of that? Um, so as the relationship progressed, um, among other things, um, we, it, we proved to be very um, sexually incompatible which would be something that you would figure out if you did that before marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course you, you know, you don't. Yeah. Um, I think that I was a very like um, expressive touchy feely kind of person. Um, and she really just wasn't, she really didn't reciprocate in that way. Um, when we did have sex, um, she, she would tell me that things felt impersonal. Um, so mm. like if I went too fast, that was impersonal. If I, tried to be behind her. That was impersonal. Um, so almost all we had for the, you know, we were married for seven years, um, was like slow missionary sex. Um, I was like researching online. If that's what (laughs) you like, then yay for you, but it sounds like it's not what you wanted. It sounds like you were hungry for some other things. And it doesn't sound like it was even really what she liked, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that she felt like it was something that she had to do because again, there's that, you know, the wifely do. So if your husband wants to have sex, you should be having sex with him. You put up with it, Um, but you make it feel as, as if you're told that like certain types of sex are degrading, you want to make it as like least degrading as possible. Mm. Yes. 
Um, so we just did, I mean, there was just no, um, there was no in intensity there, no passion. Um, on top of that, even though she was in good shape, um, my, my wife had uh, this view that she was overweight. She was always running, she was always dieting and always doing these different things. And one of the things that she would do um, was, would be to uh, like degrade me to make herself feel better. Huh. So she would tell me, oh, you're so skinny. It's disgusting. Um, we're, we're that couple with the tiny little guy and the, you know, and the big fat wife. And um, hmm. she just like, I, I know she was like hating on herself, um, which I never, I personally, you know, never promoted. And I tried to, you know, fill her head with appreciation for herself um, really didn't matter. And then on top of that, she would, she was just always, you know, downgrading my own self-esteem. I'm um, guessing that didn't make you feel very sexy or good in the relationship it as didn't, a whole. It didn't. And it, and that, that totally pushed me towards, um, you know, looking at pornography more and just like really, you know, not being interested in her, mm -hmm. um, to the point where I was like, and I, and I had never had any other partners before her. And, you know, if I was disgusting in her eyes, like, am I even attractive at all? Like, does, is, does anybody, you know, find me, uh, you know, sexy or we do. handsome we do. or just anything? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so. So you started, uh, like, short, feeling unsettled. How did you feel about yeah, that? I, horrible. Yeah. So, yeah. um. At the time, uh, we were doing like volunteer work and we were out of the country. Um, and I went into town by myself doing like filing some information for um, one of their printing headquarters. Mm -hmm. uh, and I saw the prettiest person um, at this grocery store. And I was like, I'm going to go talk to that person. And I went up to her and she actually said we should have lunch tomorrow. So I did the same thing the next day, um, went to do more business in town. Um, and I, I more or less had made up my mind that I was going to sleep with this person before I went and did it. How do you think you um, were able to so, come up with, or not come up with that? I mean, obviously it's a natural human thought, but like what made you feel comfortable to do that based on all the things we've been talking about and like all of your, the shame and learnings around it? I think that I was like so far into um, self-loathing at that point that mm. I just would have done anything to feel better. Connected. Yeah, I hear you. Um, and this was like, you know, here's this lifeline hanging out there. And I, you know, I totally just reached for it as wow. just, and I won't say without thinking because I was thinking. Yeah. Um, and uh, I picked as a lunch place, um, a, a cafe in, um, more or less like a hotel because I was like, well, you know, yeah. So I did some math for myself there. Oh my uh, God. And, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, I've always been good at like massage. Um, and so I was like, oh, you know, if you, if I was talking at this massage game and I was like, well, we should get a room and try this. And, and she was nobody's fool either. And she knew, you know, exactly where I was headed with it all. Um, so, uh, we went and got a room and just, and had also probably the most passionate sex that I had had. Did you eat pussy point. for the first time? 
Oh, so that I wish that I did. So I was like, this is not a witness. This is a worldly person. I'm going to eat so much pussy right now that like that, that might be all that I do. And I was like, because um, I was, I was interested that in that do. from the get go. Yes. Chow yeah, down. And that I was, was so lunch. let down when I found out that that was something, you know, witness couldn't do. Um, so I went down there to do that and I started, you know, kissing around in her pubic hair. And then she, uh, you know, put her, her, her hand over herself and was just like, Oh, I don't like that. Oh, um, you were so, so disappointed. I didn't get to. Yeah. But you Did know, you I, I still was with somebody that was like totally attracted to me. And, you know, there we were naked in bed and like, yeah. it was just a totally different experience. Did um, you get a and beach? so much more like, Yes. Yes, I did. How Yeah, and that, that was the first one for me. Yeah, the first one. Did you like it? Um, good. What's the, it was good. It wasn't the it wasn't the be all end all that they hmm. um, even like even for me now today like that's not my number one thing. I would rather eat pussy than get head myself because huh. uh, I I like my I like my brain to be stimulated in that way. Um, so like it was good, but uh, I definitely was just. Like, I was just so interested in making Bodies. out with her, too. Like, yeah. I wanted, like, look, like eye contact and, you know, yeah. kissing her neck. And just, I just wanted everything. To explore, and, like, I think, yeah. I'm sure there's some sort of, like, a, you know, an oral fixation or whatever. But, like, I just wanted, you know, her, you know, to bite on her. I just wanted everything in my mouth. Like, I wanted to consume the moment, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, Do you feel like any of so, your um, religious upbringing and shame from your, I don't want to say your past life, but like this upbringing time, do you feel like that has informed any of like your kinks or interests Ooh. now? Cause I know a lot of folks who maybe grew up Christian and that has like informed some of their sex practices now. And I wonder if you've seen any connection there for you. Maybe. And you know, maybe because like oral sex was such a taboo, you know, maybe that's why I was like putting it on my bucket list mm -hmm. every day of my life almost. Yeah. Um, so this situation happened. It was amazing. Um, and then I went back to um, this the missionary facility that we were staying at. For more um, missionary? And <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I, I told everybody that I was sick and I just sat in bed and like felt completely horrible. Oh, yeah, um, I felt like I had just ruined everything. Um, and one thing about... And maybe that's not, maybe I can't make this as a general statement, but at least for myself, like if I was going to do, if I was going to be a witness, I was going to be a witness. Um, like you, you, you walk, you do what you're saying you're going to do. Um, there's not a lot of like, you know, lying or people doing shady shit on the side. I mean, there may be, um, but that wasn't how I approached it. Um, and that's not how, what they teach doctrinally that any of that is okay. Wow. Um, so I felt so bad that the next day I went to, um, it's called elders or like the people who oversee the, mm -hmm. their, their congregations. Um, and I basically turned myself in and said, I did this. Uh, Were you disfellowshipped? Because you felt so guilty. Because I felt so guilty. Um, and I was disfellowshipped immediately. Wow. Um, and they had me, you know, you know, meet with them and meet with my, uh, my then wife also. And, um, I was so like, it was so black and white at that time mm -hmm. that when they asked me why it happened or why I did that, all I could, you know, all I could think of was, I don't want to make my wife feel any l more less than, than she already does because mm -hmm. 
you know, I knew she felt so horrible, obviously. And, you know, here we were like with strangers out of the country and like, it was terrible. It was a terrible situation, but, um, I like just put everything on my back and was just like, no, I'm just, you know, bad. I look at pornography. Uh, I have a pornography addiction. I, you know, I masturbate, like I do all of this stuff. And like, I was just like, I'm just bad. Like, that's why guys, you know, because wow. I'm bad. Um, so and I really didn't took ever all the responsibility. tell her, yeah, like, yeah. Um, much later, uh, when my, when my, my sister, uh, passed away, she was about my age. She passed away from cancer. Oh, I'm um, sorry to hear that. My, my, my ex was there and, um, we actually had the opportunity to talk again about that situation. And I got to explain to her, um, because she was interested, um, what really happened in my thinking and how I felt. Um, and it provided a lot of closure for her. And I, and I regretted that I didn't do that at that time. Um, but not only did I think it was my responsibility to not put any blame on her, um, I was just in, I, it was so black and white for me that like, oh, I'm just bad. Like I've always been bad. I'm, more, I'm mm. obviously way more sexual than any of you people. Yeah. Um, and so that was my first there was something wrong with to, you. to shield everybody else from it. Yeah. So you, you so, were dis, disfellowshipped, you separated. Yeah. Um, how did you decide to then start experimenting? Um, so when I, when I got, when I got back, oh, when you're, and when you're disfellowshipped, um, no one in the congregation has anything to do with you anymore. Wow. Um, so you so lost like all your friends off. and support system and everything. Every, everything that existed in my social or family circle disappeared. Wow. Wow. Um, so that was really tough and it felt, uh, as, as unloving as it sounds, um, and even though, you know, in their minds, the best thing that they can do for you is make you want to come back. So they'll withhold themselves from you just to make that happen faster. But on the receiving end, you're like, do these people even give a shit about me? Yeah. Like nobody, you know, what about how I'm actually doing? I just got divorced. You know, has anybody asked me why that my parents, like, is anybody going to talk to me about this? And oh, I ended up getting a so really lonely. big chip. Um, I ended up like, I had already, oh, and I kind of didn't mention that, but I had already felt like, um, other people around me would say things like, oh, you know, God's answered my prayers about this, or I really feel like God's directing me to do this or that. And even though I was faithful to their, the doctrine, I never felt like I had a relationship with him or like mm. he answered prayers or like he did things, you know what I mean? Like I was just there. Cause you felt like um, you were supposed to. And so uh, I got this big chip on my shoulder uh, against God because he had never, you know, where the hell was this guy the whole time? Like my whole life and marriage and everything, like, mm. couldn't he have, you know, thrown me a bone here or there? So I had this big chip on my shoulder against him. Mm. I had no um, influence of the church or its doctrine in my life and nobody holding me back. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to build this huge mountain of of uh breasts and uh pussies and uh thighs and uh orgasms and sex and drugs and rock and roll all the way up to the heavens and i'm gonna spit right in his face um wow and, so you were fucking pissed and i was like 
yeah, I was I was pissed and I had a big chip on my shoulder and like I was just like, okay, I'm bad now. I'm going to be so bad. Um, and so I was like, you know, immediately and for and when you don't have a social circle and you want to be around nudity, um, a strip club, totally the, you know, like the, the easy button kind of a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the, that was the first place that I turned. Um, and, you know, that kind of led to uh, me being just more comfortable talking to women, being around sexuality, being more sexual. Um, and so I started to just have, you know, more success with like random partners and, and hookups and stuff like that. And it was like, um, was it enjoyable? It was like, you know, like, yeah, it, it, totally. And it was like, I was going to say Christmas every day, um, you know, enjoyable. And, and I, I mentioned like, you know, sex, drugs and rock and roll, but like the sex was great. So I just ended up focusing on that and I didn't really worry about any of all that other stuff. No more drugs or rock and roll, um, just sex. Just sex. Um, but that entire just time. Just sex. That's uh, a lot I, more than that. <laughs> <laughs> the entire time I still felt like um, I was just a bad person. Wow. Um, and it didn't so you matter. were enjoying like, yourself matter, like, and having pleasure, but you also felt like shit about yourself. Yes. Oh, yeah, man. totally. What a rough combination. Um, and, and, and like, and I felt shitty about the stuff that I was doing, but I wanted to do more of it just because I felt shitty. So yeah. I was going to get back at him by doing more and then feel shittier, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, self destructive. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I had some probably like maybe 60 partners somewhere, you know, somewhere in that like ballpark. Get it. Um, like I was, yeah. I mean, and this is in a short, oh yeah. So like that was, I'm 28. Uh, I was married for seven years. Wait, so you're 28 like, now? I'm already, no, that was at the time. Oh. No, that at the time. I was going to be like, you did this in yeah, a year? So, <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know, there I was like way, you know, coming into the game, uh, uh, no pun intended, uh, later in life than everybody else. And I just wanted to, um, I just wanted to do everything that, that, that could be done pretty much. How did you um, get to the point where you stopped feeling shitty? Yeah. Cause now really you're like did, such a very it, sex it positive forever. individual. Yeah. And you're wanting to be um, a sex educator and you like are involved in sexology yep. and like you're a personal coach. And so how, yeah. How did you get over that mountain um, of pussy <laughs> sad, sadly it was just time it was time and i was in a few different relationships that i think were really like um therapeutic in that they just treated me so well um and like i got to i because one of the other things that i did was like oh i can do not necessarily like personal outreach but like i want to be a helpful person because that wasn't a part of my pattern before so even up to now, like I would carry a, a gas can and like, if anybody was broken down, I would stop and give them gas or like, I would do different things. Um, mm. and I got to a point in my life where I was like, no, dude, I'm good. Like I do good things. I treat people good. I, uh, I have good intentions towards people. Like I'm not, uh, you know, two faced when I deal with people. And mm-hmm. it was really just being away from that doctrine because it's so pervasive and you, you learn it from, you know, such a young age. You look up a scripture with everything, so you're totally convinced that's the truth, that's God, and it's exactly like this. Yeah. Um, and so it took, you know, I would say maybe 
four years, maybe three years until I just finally convinced myself otherwise um, by gaining, I guess, enough self-worth to, to just be like, yeah, I'm good. I'm does cool. your, I'm does nice your family know what you do now? And do you talk to them? No. Um, I, I really have no dealings with my family at all. When a, wow. when a, when a big situation comes up like a death, they're allowed to reach out to me and tell me what's going on. Um, and they have done that to me. My, my grandfather passed away, uh, be about a month ago, not, not a month ago, maybe about three months ago. Wow. Um, and, um, my dad called me and asked if I wanted to say, you know, my, my, my last words to my grandfather on his deathbed. Wow. Um, so, so you know that if you're hearing like, from them, then it's a bad, it's bad news. Pretty much. And, um, it's so, it's so difficult because what I'm doing in between hearing from them is like desensitizing myself to the fact that they don't offer their affection, their support or their concern for what my life is. Yeah. But then when something's going on and they need me, you know, or, you know, everyone wants to, to, to get the moral support from family, they'll involve me. And like, it's like, they want me to just pull the scab off right then and there and just be, and, right back. you know, come to this funeral, say, yeah. say your last words, like, um, and so I, I have decided more recently, um, that I'm just not going to have anything to do with them because oh, that's heartbreaking. Uh, it's, it's, not, it's not healthy for me. Yeah. yeah. I think that's an incredible um, boundary to be able to set for yourself and tough to get there. Very tough to get there. It is tough. And like there, there are, my dad was, um, you know, he wasn't into sports or anything like that. He was not like, um, chauvinistic in, in any way above the patriarchy of that church. Um, you know, he was really mild mannered and soft spoken. So, um, there are a lot of like really good traits that I have now that I attribute to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's like, I don't have, I don't hate them. Um, but all they really do is, you know, withhold love and, and hurt me. And I know it's in their best intentions, but like, uh, just like their best intentions, you know, keep them away from me. Uh, my own, you know, sense of self will, will have to keep me away from them. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. Well, just to share, or go ahead. Yeah. And it seems like you've really, um, channeled this into making sure nobody else feels shitty about their lives with your, um, kind of new career as like a, a personal development coach. And so in case any of our listeners want to find out how they can get in contact with you, maybe if something in your story resonated with them or they're interested in, in seeing what you're up to, how can they find you? Um, I am uh, practicing as a, a sex coach and relationship coach at the Sexology Institute in San Antonio. Um, so they can go to sexologyinstitute.com. Um, and look me up under coaches there. And then I also um, offer um, personal training and nutrition services with uh, Fit Body Fusion. So they can go to fitbodyfusion.com um, and look me up there as well uh, under the coaches. Uh, do they want? Do you want them to find you on Instagram? Yeah, they can find me on Instagram as well. Um, I'm there as a everlasting underscore jerk face. <laughs> yeah, and, yes, yes. yeah I, it's obviously been totally tailored for business, um, <laughs> but I do, uh, I do advertise, you know, if you're in the San Antonio area, 
Um, I do advertise all of the, I also do sex education classes um, at Sexology Institute. Cool. And so any of the classes that I have coming up, um, like uh, Cunnilingus, which I have made a, a major cornerstone of my entire existence. Yes, we um, approve. <laughs> yeah. So wait, wait, well, we heard if you're a guy and you, and you don't know about the subterranean uh, clitoris, come on down and I will show you all the diagrams yeah, in the world. Yeah, subterranean. I never thought of it like Okay, that. well, just to, to wrap it in a bow and like give listeners who maybe have been in the same position as you or are struggling with shame and things like that, can you give us maybe one of your favorite like post or during Pussy Mountain favorite sex experiences? <laughs> Favorite, or just what anyone that that stands stands out out is like as truly transcendent. Yeah, positive or just positive. Uh Yeah, that's a that's a really good uh, term because I actually had one uh, transcendent uh, sexual experience. Um, I remember uh, this is a a long time a long term relationship. Um, that I was in, but I think that it was maybe our first or second sexual experience. Um, and I had already been like, you know, honing this shit out of my cunnilingus skills. Um, and, um, I went down on her for a long time and not, you know, not just with like the specific purpose of, of making her come, but, um, just like enjoying myself and just, you know, I was, I was making out heavily, um, down there. Um, and I remember just her, you know, putting her hands through my hair and everything. And when she finally came, um, I remember, uh, you know, just backing off a little bit to, to, you know, to let her kind of ride it out and then coming up and like feeling a wave of almost nirvana come over my body. Like I didn't know Mm. if I had ever been happier or felt like more like me ever, um, and so, like, when you say transcendent, boom, that was it. Like, yeah. I had a moment where I was like, this is where I belong. Oh. Um, right between, <laughs> between some legs. legs. Yes. I love <laughs> it. I, I, I don't, I empathize with that feeling. Well, we welcome you there. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Brandon. It was truly a pleasure to hear your journey, and we're so grateful My for pleasure, how candidly you spoke to I love us. You guys. Oh, well, thank you. Um, as always, if you want to keep up to date with what we're going we're doing, you can find us on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at Slut Scholars, and you can email us as well at slutsandscholars at gmail.com. Or between someone's legs. Yes.